Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi everybody, this is Jerry Bryant, and welcome to another edition of Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show. Now, for those of you who've just tuned in for the first time, you're in for a look back at the beginnings of contemporary Christian music, or as we used to call it back in the day, Jesus music. Starting out in the first slot, the classic Jesus music band of all time, Love Song. I was running from my master, and I tried out every new thing I could find. But my life turned into one disaster, without the Lord I
the self-titled debut record from Love Song, Front Seat, Back Seat. <laughs> Who's driving your life? Now on this episode of Full Circle, I'm going to take a look again at some of the most important Jesus music albums of the 1970s. Now, not that this is taken from some fancy survey, magazine, or even website. It's just my own personal opinion, having been involved in Christian radio since 1972 with my Jesus Solid Rock radio show that was syndicated to over 100 radio stations throughout the U.S. and Canada. I took into account several factors, including the music's place in history, groundbreaking aspects, artist achievement, long-lasting influence on the music of today, and evangelistic significance. No specific order of preference, so just sit back and enjoy. My next song is from the second chapter of Acts. The group, not the book of the Bible. Of course, if you're familiar at all with Christian music from the 70s and 80s, this group will need no introduction. But some of you might be new to all of this, so here's some background. The group is comprised of siblings Annie Herring, Matthew Ward, and Nellie Ward. Following the death of their mother from a brain tumor in 1968 and later their father from leukemia in 1970, Matthew and Nellie Ward left their native North Dakota, moved to California to live with their older sister Annie and her husband Buck. And it was this heartbreaking cross-country move that birthed the second chapter of Acts, referred to by CCM Magazine in 1998 as one of the most unique and original acts that ever graced Christian music. And it wasn't just this group's music that contributed to the fascination, as it was comprised of two sisters and a brother who began performing when two of the members were just 13 and 15. Annie had just learned to play the piano, and we sang and there was real healing in that worship, says Nellie. The ministry was between God and the three of us. And that soon led to more singing opportunities and the group recorded for the very first time in 1973. The trio had done some vocal work on a few early projects, such as the Come Together musical and Barry McGuire's first LP, but nothing prepared us for their debut when it came out in 1974. The album blew me away the first time I heard it. These guys sounded like no other group I knew of. Music was rock and pop and ballads, and many with a classical feel from the pen of Annie Herring and the exquisite harmonies of the three. Annie has a gift for crafting compositions that express so many facets of the Christian walk. Which way the wind blows, love, joy, peace, and a song called With Jesus, some beautiful examples. The album entitled with footnotes included a song called The Easter Song, which was named by CCM in 1998 as the number four Christian song of all time. Though little more than two minutes in length, the song packed quite a punch. And despite its blatantly faith-driven lyrics, it managed to get played on Christian and mainstream radio alike and remains a classic some three and a half decades later. Very firm in its mission to serve the Lord through music, the second chapter of Acts never wavered from what it believed to be its calling. Both Matthew and Annie turned down offers from major general market record companies during their careers 
because they felt it wouldn't be the right fit. The second chapter of Acts, their music has endured mostly because of Annie's heart and what the Lord's placed in her. Matthew said, she'll tell you she's not a songwriter, she's a song receiver. She feels like the songs she gets are really from the Lord to her or through her for people. And I think that's the reason you can still listen to them. They do something to your heart. Well, let's test that out. With a closing track to a piece of Jesus music history, When the Sun Comes Over the Hill. And in a moment, the guy who produced most of the second chapter of Axe albums, he was an accomplished singer-songwriter in his own right. The unmistakable voices of the second chapter of Acts on Full Circle. 
If I had time to tell you every record or song or musician that multi-Grammy award-winning artist Michael O'Martin has produced or played an instrument with or just plain worked with in the music industry, well, I would be here for weeks. (laughs) Just to let you know how multi-talented this guy really is. Michael was the musician, producer, and arranger for many of the early Jesus music albums. He was just as respected in the secular mainstream as he was in the Jesus movement. He helped countless numbers of Christian musicians on their quest for better produced and arranged songs. Now, Michael would have popular jazz fusion studio musicians play on a lot of his Christian-themed tracks. Larry Carlton, Dean Parks, Lee Rittenauer, Ernie Watts, and Abraham Laboreal. Just a few that have graced his albums. This featured album of his is on this list as a result of artistic excellence. The album White Horse was on ABC Dunhill, released in 1974 and later distributed on the Murr label. We Jesus Freaks were excited to finally have some well-produced synth-oriented jazz pop and fusion. And the arranging and instrumentation were like none before in Christian music. And Michael's voice had a resemblance to Peter Gabriel of the group Genesis. His keyboard playing was already highly sought after in the secular mainstream, and this album shows why, with songs like Jeremiah, Take Me Down, and Silverfish. There are horns on the album, but they never are overdone, and they allow the music to breathe with all the instruments. Larry Carlton and Dean Parks play some mean leads, and you can hear Michael's wife Stormy singing some great background vocals. She was also responsible for all the lyrics. David Kemper and Ed Green play some great drums, and even Michael, who is not a bad drummer himself, plays percussion. The lyrics tell stories from the Bible and about the struggles of life with one's journey with God. Michael showed us the way, musically and spiritually. And this featured song is his testimony to the fact that even if he had everything in the world he wanted, it wouldn't mean anything. He'd still be empty inside without the Lord in his life. From the album White Horse, that's remained a classic over all these years. Here's, as his friends would call him, Omar with Fat City. Wouldn't be worth a dime I could go 
City. Michael Omardian, whose music was an inspiration for engineers and musicians and producers, smack dab in the Jesus movement with little to work with financially to make the record groove sparkle. Say, if you're enjoying these memories, I'd appreciate hearing from you. If you have special questions for me or requests, my email address is info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And if you feel like you'd like to help underwrite a part or all of an upcoming episode, write me. I'll tell you how. That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And, like I often say, if you've missed part of this particular episode or you'd like to hear it again or share it with someone, type in Full Circle Jesus Music at the iTunes Store and you can download it onto your iPod device. Hey, this is Eddie DeGarmo of DeGarmo and Key and you're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant, taking you back to where it all began.
Looking back to 1979 on the Lamb and Lion record label from their sophomore effort, an album called Straight On, Go Tell Them, DNK. I don't know if you were familiar with the DeGarmo and Key Band. They were different. That album contains some of the best tunes of all Christian music with production by Joe Hardy, Eddie DeGarmo, and Dana Key, but a new standard on Christian rock. Since some of you may just be tuning in to the classics of CCM, let me give you just a little bit of history. You see, the industry was really starting to change at this point, and D&K helped to make that happen. They were a band that finally had the progressive rock overtones of great musicianship with pop rock sensibilities and respectable production. <laughs> Dana's voice was the combination of Michael McDonald and Mylon Lefebvre with his guitar work being bluesy and tasteful. While Eddie DeGarmo experimented with an array of keyboards, citing Keith Emerson as a source of inspiration. The songs from this classic album, Straight On, usually dealt with scripture and evangelism the same way Petra or the Sweet Comfort Band may have written them. Songs like Jericho, Long Distance Runner, and Mary all have biblical principles that will make you feel like you just had a small Bible study on some random biblical passage. The album stood the test of time. Still sounds fresh today with great production, tasty songs, and respected musicianship that put this album straight on in a league of its own, far above any other DeGarmo and Key efforts of the future. Now, the only complaint I have, it was just too short at just over 34 minutes. This is Jerry Bryant. And my next artist is the one we heard from earlier on the show, singing with his sisters, Nellie and Annie. Of course, I'm speaking of Matthew Ward, whose first solo album came out in 1979. In fact, our next three songs all came out that year. And just looking at all the albums that came out that year, you can tell it was a great year for Christian music. Now, the title of Matt's album was a play on words involving his last name. It was called... Toward Eternity, or To Ward <laughs> Eternity. A chance for him to show off those powerful vocal cords on his own without sounding too much like the second chapter of Acts. Now, in my opinion, his debut album should have been released when he was 18 years old, in the mid-70s. But there was a delay, as Matt recalls those days. He said, actually, in the beginning, Michael O'Martin was producing it. We had done a couple of tracks in the studio. He came to Buck and and he said, I just don't think Matt's ready to do a record. I'm like, okay. So I thought, fine, I'll wait. And I waited a couple of years. And then I asked, how about now? Well, at that time, Michael was busy with another project. And I just decided I'd waited long enough. And I said, Buck, let's do this. Let's just finish this thing. So he produced it and we went in and did it. I'm glad we did it. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That album had everything, from rockers like It's All Right and The Walls Fall Down to gentle ballads like Summer Snow and Noah Song. This was a flawless release without one weak track on it. I mean, how could you lose with an all-star lineup of songs and music written and performed by the likes of Phil Kage, Michael Omardian, Annie Herring, and Keith Green, who's the author of this featured song and also plays piano on it. From the album that really has stood the test of time, Matthew Ward, Gotta Do Better Than This. And next, 
a legend who understood even at the start, there's a day ahead we all must be ready for when he returns. Well, I'm not living up to your expectations. I've got to do better than this. I've got no excuses, no explanations. I've just got to do better than this. Lord, I've just got to do better than this. Since the day I found you, I've been trying to be someone who makes you happy. I want to love you more than me. But lately I've been falling and thinking of myself. You know the world is calling and I'm not doing well. But I'm not living up to to do better than this, Matthew Ward. Nobody really does it better than Matt, and we have only a couple of LPs to cherish from his early career. I really wish he'd recorded more. This is Jerry Bryant, and for some of you who have just started listening, when I first started this show, I was underwritten by the Global Advance Mission Organization. They fulfilled their obligation to get me on the air. Now, I invite my listening audience to personally sponsor 
an episode of the Full Circle Jesus Music Show. Every week I get emails from around the world from folks who are so excited about discovering classic Jesus music on Full Circle. But somehow that excitement hasn't yet transferred into support. So let me ask you to share something this week to help cover the cost of producing each episode. It really doesn't have to be much, but consistent monthly support will make it possible when everyone does a little. If you'd like to know how to do that, email me at info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Or drop me a letter at Full Circle, Post Office Box 17967. That's Post Office Box 17967, Nashville, Tennessee, 37217. That's 37217. I'll be right back. Back to where it all began, the Full Circle. Hi, this is Michael O'Mardian, and you are listening to the very best of classic Jesus music on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Welcome back to this episode of Full Circle, where I've been looking at some of the most important albums of the 1970s. This is Jerry Bryant, and we now head toward another great album from 1979 that's probably been heard by more people than any other Jesus music album ever. Mostly because it was from pop music's legendary poet laureate, Bob Dylan. In August of that year, he released his 19th studio album called Slow Train Coming. It was the artist's first effort since becoming a born-again Christian. And all of the songs either expressed his strong personal faith or stressed the importance of Christian teachings and philosophy. The evangelical nature of the record alienated many of Dylan's existing fans. At the same time, many Christians were drawn into his fan base. Slow Train Coming, listed at number 16 in the 2001 book, CCM Presents the 100 Greatest Albums in Christian Music. The album was generally well-reviewed in the secular press, and the single, Gotta Serve Somebody, became Bob's first hit in three years, winning him the Grammy for the best rock vocal performance by a male in 1980. <laughs> I remember watching that year and being so excited to see him singing that song for all those people who had never heard the gospel presented in such a way. The album peaked at number two on the charts in the UK, went platinum in the US, where it reached number three. My featured song, When He Returns, was already decided to be the album's closer. But Dylan planned on having background singer Helena Springs or Carolyn Dennis sing the lead vocal. After recording a guide vocal, he reconsidered. He practiced singing when he returns overnight before laying down eight vocal tracks over Muscle Shoals keyboardist Barry Beckett's original piano track. The final take has been described as perhaps Dylan's strongest studio vocal since Visions of Johanna. So here's Mr. Zimmerman with the apocalyptic theme track, When He Returns. And I had a decision to make as to what to play next, Res Band or Petra. Well, stay tuned, see what I decided on. The Iron Hand, it ain't no mask. All the Iron Rock. This strongest wall will crumble and fall to a mighty God. 
who have eyes and all those who have ears. It is only he who can reduce me to tears. Don't you cry and don't you die. And don't you burn Like a thief in the night Every place wrong with right When he returns Truth is an arrow And the gate is narrow That it passes through. He unleashed his power at an unknown hour that no one knew. How long can I listen to the lies of prejudice? How long can I stay drunk on fear out in the wilderness? Can I cast it aside all this loyalty and this pride? Will I ever learn that there'll be no peace? That the world won't cease Until he returns Surrender your crown On this bloodstained ground Take a off your mask He sees your deeds He knows your needs Even before you ask How long can you falsify And deny what is real How long can you hate yourself For the weakness you conceive Of every earthly plan that be known to man He is unconcerned He's got plans of his own To set up his throne When he returns And every eye will see when he returns. Bob Dylan on Full Circle, back to where it all began. For my next selection, I debated with myself between two different LPs. Resurrection Bands Awaiting Your Reply. And Petrus, Come and Join Us. And I settled on Petra. 
<laughs> a release that came out a year earlier than the other, as well as having a more widespread audience. The album was one of the first to really hit a little harder than, well, the slew of Christian folk and country rock bands. I'm not saying that the harder bands were not out there, that many just hadn't been recorded yet, and some were just not up to par in the production or the music department. Petra's second album was a bit edgier than the first, partly because of the help of Greg X. Vols on vocals, brought over from the E-Band. Greg was not a permanent member yet, and did not sing on all the songs. Come and join us. We'll always be in the Jesus Rock history as one of the first to push the envelope for the edgier, harder-hitting music. Petra was paving the way along with bands like Agape, J.C. Power Outlet, and the All Say Freak Band. Looking back to 1977, Petra, and come and join us.
Full Circle. This is Jerry Bryant. And my last three songs come from three individuals that I sometimes refer to, with tongue firmly in cheek, as the Holy Trinity of Jesus music. Bill Kagey, Randy Stonehill, and Larry Norman. First up, Bill Kagey. He's the one who does my theme song and will be featuring his second solo effort called Love Broke Through. As much as I did love his acoustic-laden debut of What a Day, here's an album that did it for me. From the pure pop of the title song to the beautiful musical treatment of the C.S. Lewis poem, As the Ruin Falls. Now my featured song's lyrics were taken from what Phil originally thought was an anonymous poem, but later found out it was written by a poet named Edith Lillian Young, who was inspired by Job 23.14 that reads, For he performs the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. From this 1976 album that came out on the new song records label, Phil Kagey, and the thoughtful composition, Disappointment. He's no disappointment, <laughs> always a treat. Bill Kagi on Full Circle. Next, Randy Stonehill's Welcome to Paradise album was a well-crafted work produced by Larry Norman, engineered by Andy Johns, who'd worked with the likes of The Who, Rolling Stones, and Led Zeppelin. The production was good for 1976, 
and the lyrics showed Randy soulful and humorous. His music had that Larry Norman feel to it, but he still allowed Randy to shine only as he can. Some influences of James Taylor and others abound, but uniquely Stonehill. From the album listed at number 13 in the 2001 book, CCM presents the 100 Greatest Albums in Christian Music, a song called First Prayer, simply and sweetly just that. One thing that I need to do Well, that's to find out more about you I have been wondering all of my days So if you're there, show me the way I see people in a Staring out through lonely eyes Watching as the years go by Knowing they're living only to die There must be something missing somewhere So if you're listening, answer Stonehill, who created a work of art that lasted within the archives of Christian music and will always be a well-preserved classic of extremely talented songwriting and production. Now, I don't know how much I impressed upon you that Randy Stonehill is probably the living father of Jesus music now that Larry Norman is gone. And I don't know how comfortable Randy is with that, but he deserves a round of applause for this record at the very least. Say, I hope you've been enjoying the show. And by the way, if you missed a song or an episode, you can get a flashback by checking out the archives at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. 
That's FullCircleJesusMusic.com. This is a listener-supported radio show that features the classic Jesus music of yesteryear, memories, interviews, and much more. If you'd like to find out, check out my webpage at www.FullCircleJesusMusic.com. The Bible says, The last shall be the first. And that sure is the truth at Full Circle, where my last selection is the most important album of the 1970s, number one in my book. Although CCM Magazine's The 100 Greatest Albums in Christian Music listed it at number two. An album called Only Visiting This Planet by Larry Norman. This classic Jesus music album addressed the issues of that day. Vietnam, poverty, racism, growing distrust of the establishment, and the sexual revolution. Larry Norman was a Christian, although imperfect, speaking his mind intelligently and poetically within a rock music format, transforming a generation to follow. The album was recorded in London at the Beatles producer George Martin's Air Studios in 1972 with some of the best British studio musicians. Sharing about the genesis of this song, Larry wrote, This song was written in answer to those who recognized Jesus as teacher, political dissident, healer, but not as the Christ, the anointed one. (laughs) It was written in England in the backseat of a car on the way to a concert after a long argument with a crooked promoter who routinely stole money from the artist. A strident conversation serving as an unorthodox backdrop for such a moment of focused inspiration. From the late, great Larry Norman, one of Dana Key's favorite songs, The Outlaw. Some say he was an outlaw That he roamed across the land With a band of unschooled ruffians And a few old fishermen No one knew just where he came from Or exactly what he'd done But they said it must be something bad That kept him on the run
magician who spoke of being free. He was followed by the masses on the shores of Galilee. He spoke out against corruption and he bowed to no decree. They feared his strength and power, so they nailed him to a tree. Outlaw, Larry Norman, on Full Circle. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.